everybody, uh, welcome back to another world building uh, bonus episode of the podcast. Uh, been a little while since we've done one of these, I think September might have been the last one. Either way, it was prior to our <laughs> uh, current uh, storyline, the Halls of Zenden, so yeah, uh, it has been a while. Uh, I'm joined uh, once again by Eden. Hello, hello. How's it going? Not too shabby, sir. Not too shabby at all. Good stuff. I, I say, it's, I think the last, I think you were, you were on the last world building one, wasn't it? But it must have been mid, mid-August we did that. I forget. I think, I think that might have been one after me, but I really can't think back that far because uh, my memory's short yeah, pieces. <laughs> braining is hard. Um, mm. I'm using braining as a verb because. <laughs> well, the last um, year's turned into a weird fog of Groundhog Day like experiences. So oh, it's, sure. it's kind yeah. of hard to, <laughs> to pinpoint these moments. Yeah. Yes, the last world winning one was me and you, and we talked about the Panacea War. That's it. Sorry. Uh-huh. Look through that. And that was, that was a while back. So um, mm. I'm. Always happy to talk more about our, our custom setting, and it's always always a fun discussion. Um, oh, yeah. Today, we're going to be talking about the kind of magical sort of authority in our setting of Valana, uh, which is the Grand Arcanium. Um, you can already read a little bit about them on our World Anvil page. Um, incidentally, I, th- I have a feeling that any of the stuff we come up with is going to contribute to this. We are taking part in this year's World Ember uh, event as well, which is basically a writing event on uh, World Anvil to write 10,000 words in December. So, um, yeah, hopefully <laughs> we'll get some stuff out of this to, to contribute towards that. But, um, yeah, that was oh, a lot of fun. You're well on the path as well. Like, people, go and have a look at the World Anvil page. Mm. AJ has put an incredible amount of effort into this. There is a large amount of detail that if you just listen to the podcast, then there's there's just a ton that you're missing, ultimately. Yeah, and there's a ton of stuff that we've talked about on these previous world-building episodes, which I 100% have not written up. <laughs> <laughs> Likewise, I'm terrible. I, I, I think on just about every one of these that we've ever done, I've said at some point, oh, yeah, I'll write that bit up. I never have. I'm terrible. <laughs> I think that the 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 onus is more on me than you. I think with that one, really. But um, I mean, even going back to like the first one we did, was it we were talking about the big towns in and cities and and whatnot? Mm-hmm. I think I wrote one article out of that, and I've kind of gotten around to one or two after that. But that was over a year ago, and I'm just yeah, well, it's all there, verbally <laughs> represented. People can listen to it rather than read it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this is a it's an audio medium. That's you know, use your ears. Um, <laughs> Um, so yeah, anyway, um, I'll obviously check all the usual places for links and stuff. I think I'll put, probably put a link in the podcast description to our, our site as well. That's probably an easy way of doing it. Um, but yeah, we have our, our own uh, World Anvil page for our setting. Um, yes, we are going to be talking about the the sort of magical authority. In my mind, it's kind of like, almost like the sort of considered by most to be kind of like the official magical organization, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but not in kind of like a... Hogwarts is the only magic school in the Harry Potter. You know, this is more just sort of like it, it's got the closest ties to the government and stuff, and generally they're sort of officially sanctioned with whatever they do, sort of thing. Yeah, if they if they're the most connected organization, they're going to get access to things that others won't, which will kind of give them a edge for the entire time. Like mm. nobody else is going to out edge them because. Yeah, as I say, they're going to get the first dribs and drabs of information from the government, the politicians, the royalty, whoever might be involved in some intrigue or some of the major ongoings of the world. These guys are going to find out about it first, probably. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I had in mind that maybe like the, the head of the organization, um, the sort of the Grand Master, is maybe he's got the ear of the king at all times or whatever. You know, it's sort mm. of, he's a, he's a closely, a, cl- a close friend or, a cl- you know, 
an important advisor of sort of okay something magical has come up i'm going to call the head of the arcanium rather than you know a sort of a prime kind of representative in magical matters sort of thing yeah so that like say there's close close ties there um as i say i have written a fair amount already about them but it's been kept mostly kind of vague partly in mind <laughs> recording this episode at some point which we're obviously now doing but also partly because i'm incredibly uncreative when i'm just sat staring at my computer screen going oh i should write some stuff um but uh, it could all feel a bit arbitrary when you're by yourself i think yeah a little bit yeah yeah whereas i feel like we always get some interesting things out of these discussions which sort of sends me off down different um different uh different brain paths or whatever um <laughs> So uh, yeah, I'll sort of. I think I'll probably probably best to sort of give a bit of a rundown of kind of where I'm at with um, this sort of this organisation. Some of it is not going to be in the article. It's not already in the article, so we'll sort of um, get sort of fill you in and where my kind of well everything's sort of head canon until I write it down, I suppose. <laughs> but um, basically, the uh, the previous sort of era of our world was known as the Age of Arcane Might, um, which was a sort of long sort of 2000 year period of history where um basically the land was ruled by a series of sort of warring incredibly powerful magic um users with basically no oversight who you know if you had magical power you <laughs> they you know subdued the people without magical power they they used it to sort of take over and things um there was lots of sort of disastrous things kind of happened in that time of of history sort of to a point where it almost reached a kind of stalemate and a bit of a sort of common thought of like ah, we probably shouldn't let things carry on like this should we <laughs> we need to rein it in a little bit a lot of people are getting killed here um and uh, that was sort of the turning of the age into the current sort of era of our world called uh, the age of unification my thought I had was that the Arcanium's original sort of purpose was a kind of almost like a sort of UN of powerful, <laughs> powerful mages and stuff. Um, I like that. Yeah, I like that a lot. Because if, if they're going to have to come together and stop being at each other's throats and stop dominating the world through their magic, it's going to have to be some kind of diplomacy. It's going to have to be sit around the table and chat for a while and hmm. figure out what the rules are. Yeah. And, and sort of very quickly that sort of morphed into sort of a less like, oh, we're going to rule things and more sort of, okay, we'll, for, uh, I don't, don't want to use that the sort of mutually assured destruction, but more sort of like, okay, we're all aware of the power <laughs> that we hold. We maybe with that in mind should make sure that people are taught to do it safely because if we keep screwing around the the people who <laughs> who aren't magic users are probably going to rise up in one way or another and there's going to be bloodshed in one way or another. So they've sort of almost willingly stepped back from positions of power almost to sort of more I of guess a kind it, of... <clears throat> Sorry, it might be like a moment where these aren't necessarily like bad guys. These, these are just wizards that have gotten mm. a little bit too powerful for their own good. And it might be that maybe one or two of them took a step back and went, are we turning into the bad guys? Is, is this... <laughs> Like, are we actually about to do terrible things to the whole world yeah. because we can't stop ourselves? And that that could have been that, that sentiment you're talking about. I feel like that's already happened, you know. Mm -hmm. the, oh, yeah, well, obviously, yeah. If you look at the map, you can see the devastation. Yeah. Of what, what, well, what I've kind of, um, I mean, we've got, we've had a couple of sort of inciting events, sort of, uh, one of which I've written about um, and we've talked about previously. I think Amy and I talked about it, maybe. Oh, no, we talked about the 
comet impact. I don't think I've actually spoken uh, uh, when we were doing an episode as part of a previous World Anvil event, actually. Um, But I kind of use that as a sort of jumping off point to explain why half of our map is this giant magical desert. Um, we we did talk about it was some time ago. It we, we were talking about the idea of uh, a wizard being at the top of one of the towers and maybe like launching some ab- absurd spell that devastated the land in front of them. I, I can remember that quite strongly. Sort of, yeah. It it was um, the idea I had was basically like the planet was hit by a, a comet, um, not quite fully deep impact Armageddon size, but enough to cause a lot of damage. Um, and in their sort of they're, they're in a sort of early kind of conclave, maybe even like a version of this Arcanium sort of UN type thing, a lot of the powerful ones came together and went, well, we can't let this happen again. You know, we've got the power to stop it. Hmm. So they built this giant tower. Um, a lot of them got involved in this big sort of ritual to like, we will make a magical shield around the planet to stop this from happening ever again. You know, people will be safe. And at some point, the ritual went wrong and um, basically backfired, vaporized the tower and all the people within it, and basically scoured the land for hundreds of miles around of, you know, of life and um, turned it into this kind of magical wasteland, which is still here sort of 2,000 years later kind of thing. So I think that's that's one of the major events of this <laughs> Age of Arcane Might, which was like, oh, whoop, we made, a, we made a fuck up here. Um, Oopsies. <laughs> The other one I had in mind, which was less of a kind of accident and more of a sort of um, act committed, which I haven't really talked about, but is kind of hinted at on the on the map again. Although I haven't really got an exact date in mind for when this happened, only that it was during this Age of Arcane Might. So I'm not entirely sure if I'm going to have it be before this, hmm. you know, sort of um, the, the waste we created or afterwards, because it is kind of in the same sort of area is that sort of as part of a magical war, um, the uh, people of the uh, city of Solara, which is in the north of what is now the Amethyst Isles, were at war with someone, another magical sort of (laughs) uh, person to the south who built uh, a tower, which is on the map as El El Alcar Tower. Um, Basically, the (laughs) person who ran the tower was like, nope, I'm going to take them out burned through all of his acolytes' power, killing them, and fired this kind of, basically like, I don't know, this is going to sound, it sounds like Super Dragon Ball Z and stupid. But <laughs> like, yeah, like a, Dragon Ball Z well enough. Yeah, <laughs> but like a kind of big beam weapon north towards them, which kind of shattered the landscape and made, you know, broke all these bits of the land off and made, it, which are now islands, but uh, were originally connected, sort of carving mm. this. I think we might have talked about it when I talked about we talked about Riffy yes, yes. way back in the day. Um, I do remember this, yes. Yeah, yeah. So that's the only other sort of kind of giant magical thing I've got in mind. Obviously, yeah, many, many others. Well, these are enough. Like, these these two major events. Because one, one of them is them trying to be helpful mm. and kind of cocking it up. And the other one is arguably just power unchecked. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, these are two examples of many, I would think, that we haven't written yet <laughs> from the Age of Arcane oh, yeah. Might, which sort of led the sort of the you know cooler heads to prevail and then to step back and go yeah let's let's put a uh let's put a whole halt on this like wielding our powers um you know unresponsibly sort of thing yeah i can't help but think that the end of the uh age of arcane might would have led to like you, they there would have been a kind of cleanup period where mm. you'd have almost had to have had like not necessarily knights but kind of like 
agents of the Grand Arcanium going out into the world to kind of mop up small level despots and the the magical tyrants that might be out there mm. that the local populace can't do anything about and they've gotten away with it for ages because everybody else is busy doing the same thing elsewhere yeah, or yeah. doing their version of whatever. But now it's time to go around and kind of, in a, way, in a way, actually be the hero of the people by releasing them and saying, okay, right, time for magic users to kind of sort themselves out, I suppose. <laughs> Just want to knock on the wizard's tower. Take a look at yourself, mate. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> Um, it's funny to say that actually because um so i was getting onto this um the 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 thing i've kind of had in mind for the the sort of the arcanium in the now of our time is that now that's a weird sentence man (laughs) in the now of our time uh in the now of our setting is that it's basically got two kind of focuses and the first one is this sort of supervised kind of um safe education in magical stuff to people who want to be to people who are willing and have the power and want to, you know, become magic users. They're not stopping people from becoming magic users. They're just making sure they kind of learn in a safe way and learn not to use it to enslave people and stuff. Yeah. Um, and the other focus is basically, as you say, being the kind of cleanup crew almost of like, there's a weird magical event or something, or somebody's wielding some weird artifact. <laughs> we should call. We should probably take that out of their hands just for the safety of everybody, kind of thing. So they're sort of part school, part I don't know. What do you call them? Like sort of World police. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so they've got a lot of kind of safe houses and vaults and things that stuff is just like okay, we'll just put this away and nobody needs to know about it anymore. Kind of thing. Yeah. Um, the archivist could be the only guy that knows. Yeah. And he'll well, die you, eventually. You guys have so funnily enough, come down yeah. <laughs> well, you guys have funnily enough already run into one of those artifacts. Um, <laughs> very much. Is that the, uh, the Eye of Malar? The Eye. Well, no. Uh, no. The Eye of Malar is just as. Yeah, I mean, not to kind of knock it back. It's basically just a spell focus. Yeah, that's not a dangerous <laughs> thing, really. Um, I, I was so focused on it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Part of me is prance. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, no. Don't get me wrong. It's still powerful. You know, you've got an inbuilt, um, you've got an inbuilt dimension door spell, and that isn't. It, uh, you know, that's that's a decent artifact. Um, but it's not really the kind of thing that they would get fully. Like, oh no, we need to lock this away. Um, because you would need a certain amount of magical power to use it anyway, which you have. So yeah, there you go. Um, they're not worried about that. What they are worried about is the one that caused the time bubble that you guys were locked in when we last saw you. Um. The, I've called it the Eye of Moments. Uh, if you remember, it was sort of hit by a rogue spell and was sparking off and had basically killed everybody in the village um, mm-hmm. and locked you in a time bubble. So I'm stuck in that moment. Yeah, you're <laughs> still in the time bubble. Um, well, technically, it, it did come down at the end of the episode, but we haven't yet caught up to that moment when we get back to you guys. Um, so yeah, that's, that's the kind of thing I'm thinking of. Like, okay... This this probably shouldn't be in the wrong hands, really, should it? <laughs> yeah. This is basically yeah, a, a weird involved. time machine orb. Maybe we keep this. Uh, maybe we keep this under lock and key. <laughs> that that's the kind of thing I'm thinking of. Of like, okay, so mm-hmm. yeah, they're teaching people to use stuff safely, and they're taking unsafe stuff off the board. Is basically their kind of focus in in the current sort of land. So I like the idea, that, like you said, that it's sort of that second focus has come from this history of like, okay, we'll we need to. If we're if we're going to move into this new era, we need to really make sure we put a full stop at the end of the crap that was going down before. 
sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, and that people know that it's this. That it's a combined effort. That it's not just like this isn't a flash in the pan. This mm. is the way mages will be, or the wizards, the, the the whole of magic. This is the way people will act from now on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, it's a, that's a little bit of a PR thing as well, isn't it? It's like, oh no, no, mm-hmm. don't go. You know. Not always as, you know, here to enslave you. We're the good guys. See, you know, <laughs> please yeah, exactly. don't just murder someone because they walk into the village with a staff, you know. <laughs> and that way there might have been some places where normal humanity, as it were, was kind of slowly mounting a force and that they need to be placated a little bit and that this is a show of good faith. Like, hey, look, we, we might not be like, you, you might be able to get us here, but if you look over there where you might not know what, how bad things were, look, we helped. Mm. And now you don't want to get us, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I mean I'm I'm perfectly open to there being like a bit of a cynical self-serving layer to it rather than just being this full kind of like no, we must save humanity from ourselves sort of thing. It's also like oh, if we don't people are going to start grabbing the torches and pitchforks and we don't really yeah. want that. <laughs> it's human nature ultimately. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of them and well, we got a lot of power. We got to sleep at some time, you know. <laughs> sort of thing. <laughs> Um, so yeah, no, I like that that you know that second purpose is maybe the secondary purpose. Maybe a lot of people will never even hear of that mm. sort of you know thing of like okay, they they're investigating, they're doing stuff because you know the primary thing that if people think of when they think of the Arcanium is going to be oh that's where so and so who like magic went and studied or oh yes they're the they're the magic people you know just they've got this sort of you know a lot of people have heard of them maybe not everybody but they're they're kind of there in the public consciousness as like. Oh, this is the almost kind of almost feel like a bit of a government of magic sort of thing. Yeah, um, or in that way where people go off to train with them, like a guild of sorts. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. Yeah, um, I'd say, and I, I don't, I don't really want them to have like a monopoly on magic. I mean, we've already kind of heard of, and we talked about where you had the uh, the members of the staff. You know, they <laughs> were their own thing. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and their their silliness would almost certainly mean that they would not be welcome at the Grand Arcanium. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, and as I say, I, I think the, the Arcanium don't have don't have the monopoly. It's like you know, you, they can't force someone to join. Yeah, but it's it kind benign, of nine, I suppose. If you're just off studying magic and you're not actually messing around with people and doing mm. things that are questionable, then they'll probably just leave you to it. Yeah, yeah. Wonder why you might, and then go, yeah, those guys, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they they can sort of. If you if you're a, like say you say you're a young person with an interest in magic, but you don't want to study at the Arcanium, they're not going to say study with us or stop doing magic. They maybe would heavily court you as like a sort of hey, you know, we can teach you some stuff sort of thing, but they can't force you to go. Really, you know, mm. um, a lot of people might go because it's got a, you know, there's a lot of resources there, there's a lot of stuff to learn, there's a lot of knowledge in their organization. But there's going to be people who are going to go like, I'm not going with you. I know what I'm doing, you know. So they might keep an eye on them and just in case they do anything different, anything, you know, sort of dangerous or whatever. But they can't force people to do it, you know, to get involved. Yeah. Sort of thing. It's It's hard not to think that the uh, the political factor of those alignments that the, the Grand Arcanium has with government and what have you would predispose certain people to not want to work with them. Oh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think actually even kind of came up um, in the last episode. Um, I think I mentioned it to um, Katie when we were sort of talking about what Celeste's um, sort of magical background was. I said, like, she hasn't studied with them at all. Mm-hmm. And she said, oh, no, she's sort of self-taught um, kind of thing. So I don't think there's anything stopping people from 
they're not stopping people from learning magic. They're just promoting themselves maybe as like, hey, this is a good, you know, we can do it. They're, they're almost sort of putting themselves forward as like, we have the knowledge, come and study with us. And then along mm. the way, they'll teach it in a safe way, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so a lot of people are going to be drawn in of like, well, you know, they know what they're doing. They can teach me how to do it. I think, yeah, no, I mean, that, that's, that's pretty much a good rundown of kind of where I'm at, really. I've, I've got some other back end stuff written of like, sort of like, titles you know sort of as people go through the learning side of things and like who's in charge of it mm -hmm. um but really that's kind of all i've gotten sort of set in stone and even then you know set in stones that's all changeable <laughs> sort of thing. so uh, yeah what did you want to work on the uh, the, the i mean coming up with a leader mm. for the whole thing it's difficult i mean it would you want it to be the kind of thing where He's a figurehead, and there's a certain amount of his behaviours and what have you that he would have like trickle down into the people that he puts underneath him, as it were. Does he have that kind of power? Is it a committee, and he's been elected? Is it that he's the most powerful? He or she or they or whatever the hell they are. Hmm. I mean, I had I have a well. It's in it's in the article that I've written already, but I mean, like I say, it can all be changed. I kind of sort of said that. It's led by uh, someone who's like the Grand Master. And he's like the leader of um, what I've called the High Circle, but it's basically a council of the 12 most powerful and wise members. Mm -hmm. um, I mean... Now, when you say wise, that immediately brings in a certain amount of like, there's, that's a subjective thing. Yes. And politicking and <laughs> all that kind of stuff. Like, how how much... Would you want that to be a factor is part of the question here. And I feel like there's an inevitability if there is subjectivities like who should be on the council, the vying for those positions. Yeah, I mean, I feel part of the deal. Like, and, and what, what are they worth? What, what can those positions lend to a, a wizard? That, like, what, what's the point of being in that position? Mm, I mean, I, th I think the positions are going to come with a certain amount of influence. Um, mm -hmm. within the Arcanium and also outside of it because you know the, the people in power political power and such if you say oh I'm a master of the high circle that's going to have a lot more cachet with them rather than just being like oh I've, I graduated from the Arcanium you know yeah um, I'm thinking alongside that though in terms of like on, on the wizardry level like mm. would would being in one of those positions give you access to the vaults or something like that I'm just thinking in terms of what are the perks because if it is purely political, then that that really gives it an overall tone to the purpose of the Arcanium that's much more shifted towards that. Which I might be fair at I, this point. I think there probably really is a certain level of political sort of manoeuvring that goes about it, you know. If you're already on the council, you, you've probably got a bit of sway as to, like, if somebody's retiring or has died who's on the council, or how we haven't got a mechanism for how people are leaving it. But you've probably got a bit of sway to sort of put your particular sort of recommendation for a, a spot forward sort of mm -hmm. thing. You know, if you're already on the council, you've got a bit of sway, you know, you're already, you're in power, you're in the position of power there. And you, you've, I'm presuming we could sort of say they almost elect their own members kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So if there's someone who <laughs> is a little bit radical or at least isn't, doesn't get along with certain members of the, the council, no matter how powerful they are, they maybe aren't getting on it, you know, mm -hmm. um, which could lead to rogue wizards or whatever, who are just like the sort of Anakin Skywalker 
kind of <laughs> analog there well, of like is that classic like you're going to restrict me so i'm going to do it myself and fuck all you guys i'm out of here kind yeah of thing. yeah i mean there's a lot of i mean yeah i think the idea that sort of they are a bit sort of once they get in that position that that you end up being on the council for a long time and like you say the, there's a lot of um leeway in the word wise a sort mm. of thing um so that they might end up sort of over time kind of their kind of internal politics shifting and stuff and such i mean the idea that yeah probably if you are on the council you do have access to the votes or at least the influence you have would kind of the implication would be that you've made it to the council so nobody's really going to question if you go down to the vaults mm -hmm. if that makes sense whether that yeah. means i mean i'm assuming not most of the time it wouldn't be sinister but who's going to question you yeah i'm just thinking for research purposes mostly that this would be the kind of thing where a young wizard might one one day aspire to get to that position because he's heard about a relic mm. and he must examine it. He just has the feeling of like, oh, I must see this thing with my own eyes and doesn't necessarily have any kind of like sinister <laughs> connotation about it. <laughs> yeah, but only a council member could sign off on them seeing it or something. Yeah, and it, it's the kind of thing that like adds to an aspiration that that wouldn't be the main reason why they aspire to get into that position, but it's one of those things that they would kind of like... They'd probably have a little tally in their mind, like, these are all the things I will do. These are the things I will be able to do mm. when I get to that position. Yeah. So without anyone looking over my shoulder sort of thing. Yeah. 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 Yeah, definitely. I think I, I do think it is an aspirational thing of like, so I, 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 that's part of the reason why I wrote powerful and wise. So it it might be that there's one or two there who are sort of naturally gifted in magic, but can be a bit unpredictable and they're sort mm. of powerful. But there's ones who have been elected to the council that maybe they're not quite as good at throwing weird color spray spells or whatever, but they know what they're talking about and they're quite level-headed, you know, and they command the respect of a lot of people sort of thing. Yeah. They're, they're um, the guys that make the place run, yeah, as it yeah, were, for sure. they're not so fussed about doing the spells and stuff. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, I've written the, um, the, we, the, the guy that you ran into at the end of that arc, that um, Madai, the Chronomancer, I kind of had him written. I haven't updated his um, page yet, so it doesn't. It's not quite in line with the current state of the um, Arcanium article. Um, but I had it in mind that he was one of these council members, but he was a bit of a wild card sort of thing. Kind of kept his own council, sort of, <laughs> and mm -hmm. they, they, but because of his specialty, which is time magic, they kind of let him get just get on with it because maybe if there's twelve members of the council, maybe nine of them had no clue what he was. <laughs> even doing sort of thing or how yeah. they would go about doing what he's doing but he's undoubtedly one of the most powerful sort of thing you know so it makes sense for him to be on there but they've got no they just be like i have no idea what he's up to in his place you know sort of thing it's the kind of magic as well where ultimately if you did play your hand if you had some reason to like try and get this guy or try and pull it rein him in a little bit i guess hmm. You could just go through time potentially to a point before then, and like you might have gone through that many times, and then as a wizard yourself, knowing that that's possible, you'd find yourself second guessing yourself all the time. Being like, <laughs> Am I only doing this because he wants me to? Yeah. <laughs> have I tried to take him down a million times before and it's never worked? <laughs> <laughs> this is just attempt number seventy-three. <laughs> I'm just stuck thinking of like, um, well, like time loop episodes. I'm a big fan of time loop episodes in. TV series and stuff, but like, like that Stargate one where the 
<laughs> O'Neill and Teal are caught in the time loop, and one time they just take the loop off and play golf into the Stargate. Yeah, and <laughs> everybody's like, "What the hell are you doing in the middle of my backswing?" <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, I like that sort of the level of uncertainty there that he might be there. They're just like, "We'll just let him get on with it," because who knows really what he's doing. Yeah, that's some very unpredictable power, and the kind of power, as I say, where it's like, if, if you're not capable yourself of doing it, you've kind of got no chance. Mm, yeah, just in a, in general terms, like, what could you do against somebody that could potentially just negate any fight you have? They're like, oh, I'm losing. Boom, I go back in time. Like he's gone so far down his own sort of specialization that there's no one even close to him in terms of like understanding what that is about. But they need somebody mm. to be able to understand it, so he's their guy, sort of thing. It's it's so esoteric. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it would be good if we could maybe come up with at least who's the current Grandmaster. Okay. That might be an idea. And in my head, I've got it as kind of like, maybe being like a sort of... I mean, I'm mean, sort of a little bit reluctant to lean back into Harry Potter, but a sort of um, Dumbledore-style, got-the-respect-of-all kind of figure. Mm-hmm. At least at the moment, if that makes sense, he's the the current yeah. grandmaster, a very high level jack of all trades. Yes, yes. Who's also sensible to boot? Yeah, he's 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 level headed. He's he's not like fully out there like wild card baby, <laughs> you know, <laughs> just, just the, like insanely powerful. You know, he's he's very powerful, but like he's also he's known for sort of commanding a lot of respect, sort of thing. I realize this is yeah. kind of a little bit of a kind of. I don't, I don't want to say boring character, but I feel like we need an anchor point to be like, there's a reason why he's been elected. Should we say he's been elected? Is the Grand Master elected from them? Is that what we're... Yeah, I think that would be the best idea, is that ultimately there are 13 positions on the council, you might say, mm. with the, the top one being the Grand Master. Yeah. And then at some point, maybe, whether it's a retired position, potentially, like so whenever the Grand Master either dies or retires that's when the vote is held for the next one and that's when a new member is brought to the table as well at mm. the same time they they and decide to be from... voting on both sides of that that all of the table votes for not only the grandmaster going up but the new person coming in kind of like a pope mm. from the because it's obviously <laughs> from the college of cardinals isn't it i think the i don't know the rules for yeah, all I that yeah i don't i don't know really either but i'm ba- mainly basing it on that um angels and demons movie which is the sequel to the da vinci code <laughs> I don't know a lot about Catholic stuff. <laughs> Dogma's um, about as far, as far as I've ever gone. <laughs> I mean, I've read bits of the Bible, um, but not the Catholic stuff. But yeah. yeah. But well, let's base it on my completely lacking understanding of the Catholic Church. But <laughs> 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 yes, it's kind of, they elect from within themselves who's going to lead them, and that vacates a spot. Okay. That, that kind of works, doesn't it? I think. Because then you then you don't end up with like it's the same people for fifty years and they just take it in turns being the leader, you know. Yeah. Um, Especially with the longevity that's possible. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. That, that could be like hundred. Yeah. This guy's been on the seat for two hundred years, and well, it could even strong. be more. I mean, like humans, humans have still got sort of human ages, but like like a, like a kind of gnomes live two hundred odd years, and dwarves are three hundred and. So, you know, it's sort of... <laughs> I can really stretch out. You get elected young, you know, <laughs> if, it, if it's um, a choice thing. Maybe they, maybe there is, like, term limits, but um, maybe that could then lead to, like, every once in a while they have a sort of check of, like, are we happy with this person? 
Mm. Are we happy for them to keep going, or, or should we? Action, I guess of sorts. Yeah, it's got a campaign to con- keep the position, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, and I, I would think that unless you know stuff's going wrong, maybe it is almost like a bit of a given that they sort of just you know just wave it through, sort of thing. Like, okay, are we all happy? Yeah, okay, cool. I think the one thing I have kind of said, I think on an episode, I haven't written it. I definitely haven't written it. <laughs> is that maybe the elves kind of keep their own council with magic stuff? So there's maybe not too many pure elves in the Arcanium. That um, might make it all the more interesting to make the Grandmaster an elf, if that's the case. Possibly. That they might even potentially struggle a little bit because within the politicking, there would potentially be a little bit of oh, well, those elves, those snooty elves, they think they're too good to be around here. And I guess <laughs> these few that have turned up, well, hmm, I don't know about that. And that this guy or girl or whoever has made it up through the ranks in spite of that because they have shown proficiency that in perhaps each of the disciplines that each of the other guys and girls at the table might have, they've shown like, hey, I understand that. Maybe they're not the best at it, but they've, whenever they've interacted, they've shown an appreciation of the other person's work, as it were. Yeah. And then that could garner over time a pretty strong feeling of like, hey, this this guy's all right. Like they every time they're around, they know what they're talking about. They might not be able to like help me all the time, but they're interested in what I'm doing and what have you. Yeah, yeah. The um I think the way I'd kind of put it before with the way elves looked at magic magical learning at least was that with their longer lifespans, they consider like the way humans learn magic as being recklessly fast mm. um so like an elf would spend 20 years just getting to the same level that, that maybe like a sort of low level not you know kind of in terms of breadth of study they would yes. focus yes, on one thing for much longer and to learn it to perfection sort of thing whereas <laughs> your your sort of human apprentice is getting a crash course over the course of a few years of like right okay that's this type of magic here's how you do prestidigitation here's how you do this here's how you do this right okay now you can focus on stuff now you can do the basics whereas an elf would spend decades maybe even getting to the point where they're like I will now expand my horizons sort of thing mm. <laughs> um, simply purely down to the like the differences in lifespan kind of thing so they look at the way you know, it's not just humans, but humans are kind of the majority. You know, the the shorter lived species, and go like these people are like crashing through. Just they should be spending longer on this. They appreciate that they can't, but they look at them as like not amateurs, but like but they're playing with fire. Yeah, literally yeah. in some cases, they're like children playing with fire, basically, but short lived children. I don't, you know what I'm saying, sort of thing. Like that, they, they, the elves take a little bit of a kind of snooty pride in, like we have spent decades perfecting our usage of these, of this knowledge and stuff. Um, whereas a human could join the Arcanium at 18 and graduate by 25, sort of thing, and be considered like, oh no, you're a, you're a competent wizard, sort of thing. <laughs> maybe on that basis, then. I mean, I don't know if you're with me on this. Like, maybe the Grandmaster's a um, an elf, but I'm this character. I'm kind of coming together with here I, I feel like maybe they started young like that they are young for an elf and that mm. they are moving at the same pace as everybody else that they don't have that attitude and that, that again would be part of why everybody else is kind of like oh yeah this this, this person's cool so maybe like an elf who didn't grow up in an elven city you know mm. um well, a local it would make sense perhaps somebody yeah. that's like knows knows valine itself 
and can ingratiate themselves on every level. Possibly, yeah. I mean, because there's going to be, there's definitely, it's not just like no elves in the human cities. There's going to be some who live there. Yeah, yeah. I like that idea. So someone who's kind of grown up more in the kind of regular culture of Valana and and Valane. Valane, sorry. Yeah, every time. (laughs) (laughs) I will will send you a a card with the pronunciation. Valane. Yeah. Press digitation. Press digitation. <laughs> I can say words. Yeah. I swear. Um, so yeah, maybe they're like while their parents might be a bit more traditional, they I mean this is, we're still talking decades ago, probably, aren't we? Um mm. if if they've gotten up to the level of Grandmaster, they're probably, you know, there's no twenty five year olds getting elected to Grandmaster. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah. this isn't boss baby. Um <laughs> Oh, Taking but... the uh, the thought off a bit further, sorry. Yeah, no, go for with it. the the character origin potentially. Um, how do you like this as an idea? Where elves? Yep, there's it, people ingratiated. There's no cultural limits within the city and what have you. So the elves that are magically inclined typically will leave the city and go to the el- elven commune wherever it mm. is that that training is taking place. Yeah. Would you say it's like a maybe a coming of age thing that like maybe at a certain age you would be sent to the Arcanium as a human or one of the other races and that typically the elves would go to the other place at a certain coming of age point? Would that would that be sensible? Or? That would be sensible. I would think probably the Arcanium maybe takes in uh, you know it take might take in some you know younger prodigies, but by and large you're starting there when you're about eighteen mm-hmm. sort of thing. It more more sort of um, more of a university feel than a sending children to magic school kind of feel cool so i'm thinking that within uh Valenay, they would have it where you're growing up there that the magic users in within a local area would probably know each other to some extent mm. and it's a known factor of like it's almost like going to college or university and the kids are like where are you going where are you going and all there's a kind of like a sense of just inevitability to most of it like oh of course they're an elf they're going there this elf in spite of his family's choices or her family's choices, potentially maybe when, no, I, I want to stay here. I'm, I'm more interested in training with my friends that I already know and bucked tradition in some, in some respect that their family might not have been into that. You're and talking that like up... um, Spock not going to the Vulcan Science Academy. <laughs> I wasn't thinking in those terms, but yes, I suppose so. <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry. It's a, it's a little bit different because obviously Spock's half human. But um, yeah, no, I like that as a sort of like, maybe the parents kind of assume you know they knew that they were having an interest in magic and obviously the the, the coming of age times for elves are different than others just because of the longer lifespan i haven't got it to hand but i've kind of basically haven't really um diverged much from the D- the standard D thing mm. for elves um which is why enna they uh, jason's character even though he's like 120 is basically like a 22 year old mm-hmm. sort of thing why so edgy? Yeah. <laughs> so we're talking maybe. Oh, again, I haven't got I haven't got the numbers to hand, but maybe not even you know fifty, sixty years old or something mm-hmm. is when you would the elves would start thinking about okay, I will attend the whatever we're going to call it elven place in maybe that there's ones in each of the elven cities or something. Um, mm-hmm. So that 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 elf has sort of got to fifty, sixty, has decided I would rather. You know, has become ingratiated. You know, li- likes living in Valane. Has you know, they've spent decades there. You know, psychologically as an yeah, elf, they're, they're still alive. sort of considered like a sort of a culturally as a, as an elf. 
they'd be considered like oh you're an adolescent sort of thing even mm. though they're sort of maybe maybe 50 60 years old sort of thing and they've decided well no i would rather i love it here i want to stay here this is more the connection i feel than i feel more of a connection to these type of people than i do you know in the elven city mm-hmm. and has joined the Arcanium at basically an older age than most people would, but sort of, like you say, cast off that sort of cultural expectation a bit and gone, I'm going to go here. Um, yeah. Yeah, I like that. And perhaps, like, as, as well alongside that, it could be that they, living in the city, they've seen the Grand Arcanium's work. Like, they've been hmm. around it for a long time. They've got a respect for it. And that this, in terms of, like, seeing that work, respecting it, wanting to be a part of it, making that a known factor as well and that they in some way shape or form have sacrificed potentially because of hardship through with their family or whatever and that that becomes a known thing all of these factors add together to create a good story as to why should they be the grand master they have always lived in service of the grand arcanium as as soon as they realized their magical potential that's where they went and followed up well here's here's a thought then on that line maybe um this is the other weird it it doesn't really track too much this is where the oh elves you know culturally are adolescent at this point doesn't really track is that elves reach physical maturity at the same rate as regular humans (laughs) Mm -hmm. so how about this as a thing then that maybe as a child and i'm talking like proper child like you know growing up seven eight nine that sort of age their best friend was a human who lived next door or whatever wherever and that human went on to join the Arcanium. And then that human has grown up, gotten to sort of 50, 60 years old, as becoming an old person. And this, this finally got to the age where their elf, they become, they've been close their whole lives. This mm-hmm. elf has finally re- reached what they think is the maturity level to decide where they want to go. Whereas this human has been a wizard for 40 years. Sort of mm, thing. I like that as a dynamic. That, they're, that's they're still good friends sort of thing. And maybe this human vouches for them. Who, who's I'm not saying make the human like a you know, a high circle member or whatever, but has been doing it for long enough that they have a, a level of clout that they can sort of put a word in and have the Arcanium sort of back, look, look favorably on this, you know, on the elf joining. Maybe it's a rarity yeah, in, it's in that much. Leg up. Yeah, yeah, give them a bit of a sort of, oh, I can get you, you know, if not sort of jump over any administrative hurdles, because there might not be any. But maybe is able to sort of say, okay, when you're there, you want to talk to this person. They know all the this stuff. You know, if you you want to yeah, talk to yeah. Professor so and so, if you want to learn about this, you know, that sort of thing. Give it would the give angle. them the inside baseball on it and be like, you know, here's here's my forty years of experience, sort of thing. And yeah, yeah, that in combination with that passion and interest in actually doing things and advancing there, mm. yeah, it's an ideal start. Yeah, yeah. And that, yeah, it could be that they move between departments, they become known, that they get that reputation I already talked about amongst the people that then go on to sit on the council. Mm. And then when time comes, they're brought into the council. And perhaps it could even be that it's, it could be an unprecedented thing of where we talked about account, the, the Grandmaster leaving and a new council member being brought to the table at the same time. This guy has been the very first person who was brought to the table and then immediately made grandmaster at the next opportunity. That makes sense. Yeah, you know, I like that. And it's almost like it's seen as a meteoric rise to. Well, here's a thought that actually maybe I, I had. So see see how this grabs you. So they're not going to go straight from sort of graduating 
to becoming a master to immediately going high so you know it's that's not going to be like a the very next day sort of thing mm. what if their friend who got them into it was the previous grandmaster at eventually sort of thing so where, where, when they kind of sponsored their entry or, or however into the Arcanium itself, they just were like a well-respected older member, maybe not on the high circle, maybe considered like the lower, a, a master, but not a master of the high circle sort of thing. Mm-hmm. By the time this per, this elf makes it through sort of training, apprenticeship, graduates, this friend is onto the high circle. It's sort of 10 years later, maybe, should we say. Elf gets a bit more experience. Their friend is then master of the high circle. You know, puts their name forward as like, I think this individual would do well. So this is their childhood friend who's now an older man, maybe 78, 80 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, very much sort of like had the the lifelong career as a well-respected arcanist and that, and has reached the top of their profession, basically. And um, they they get they convince people to let this this elf onto the the high the high circle, and then not shortly afterwards, but not that long after, they peacefully their friend peacefully dies of old age, sort of thing, leaving that mm-hmm. slot open, and they are sort of in the sort of position of being like, well, you're actually technically older than everybody else on this council, but you're the newest member, but you are well respected. And there's maybe this little bit of a political thing of like this would be good outreach to the elves, mm. sort of thing. So yeah, I like it. Yeah, so it's a little bit of like like you say that meteoric rise, really, for at least on the elven time scale of like, oh, okay, I kind of joined, and then within ten years or so, I'm on the high council, and within another couple of years, I am I'm in charge of this place, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm you know mentally <laughs> only I'm maybe twenty, sort of thing. Yeah. Although. Reality, they're, well, I don't know, 80, 90 years old, something like that mm. kind of thing. Yeah, I think that's ideal. Yeah, I like that, I like that idea. Shall we try and figure out a, um, a put a pin on a gender and a name yes, at this point? Yes. I feel like we've got enough bits and pieces, maybe. Yeah, I feel like no, that, that, none of that is, um, none of the story is dependent on the, um, the gender or anything like that. So we can, that's, that's a good thing to come back to and maybe, yeah. That's something to think about. Um, names are terrible to come up with on the spot as well. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and they ultimately they are just arbitrary. Like that, the, you can just mash syllables sometimes and be like, yeah, that's that sounds vaguely along the lines of what it should be. I mean, most <laughs> of the time, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, uh, so we sort of the other thing I think I thought well, maybe we could talk about then, as we're talking about the council, then rather than coming up with a lot of characters, we could kind of come up with their sort of general. Sort of what their specialization not on not so much specializations but kind of that the, the the it's generally kind of considered that the grandmaster should be someone who's pretty proficient at most things mm-hmm. and is and is sort of a good representative as a sort of figurehead like you said earlier um but i feel like it it, it might be an idea to have like okay the high the high circle should have an expert generally in most of the disciplines on it Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, yeah, um, absolutely. Would, These would be the the people that are the most proficient in each school of magic, mm. as well as a couple of other disciplines. Where probably where we've talked about the idea of these people being relic keepers after a fashion, uh, you'd have to have 
the the people that go out and get that whatever you call that group I'm trying yeah. to think of a good term for it well the, yeah oh that's at the end we'll, well, we'll, we'll get back to that <laughs> um but this is i mean th- then that's how we get to madai being the chronomancer that's right mm-hmm. we're backing into this um bad pun on morris day and the time um <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, but he's got the title of the Chronomancer because he's like the pinnacle of like the Arcanium's understanding of like time-based magic, and he's they feel like he's earned that title of like he is the he's our time he's our time dude, yeah, <laughs> kind of thing. Um, maybe they don't all have such a title like that, but there's just this sort of general level of respect of like, oh, this guy is the master of fire. Or something, the flame. Well, how, ost- how ostentatious yeah. are some of these people potentially going to be? I mean, you can, yeah. you can go for some pretty extreme names. And... <laughs> um, well, hang on, let me bring Pedro up the elemental master. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's that's how we can bring it. Like, because I feel there's the one thing actually that um, I feel with our, our setting, and I've been a little bit sort of thinking it for a, a little while, is that a lot of the the sort of setting itself is maybe a little bit more civilized, or at least it has become had that feeling for me that we've maybe made it a bit more civilized than the sort of forgotten realms style standard D and D. You know what I mean? At least the the feel of this country does. Yes. Um so we've yeah, maybe lost like, to me that everywhere it's quite so wild for there to be such thriving trade routes and mm. major city. Mm. And I do like it how it is, but I feel like we've yeah, lost yeah. a little bit of that kind of like I am so and so master of illusion <laughs> sort of you know that kind of thing. So this might be a way for us to bring that in. Um, so maybe there's one who's like the illusionist or something. Um, hmm. they, they 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 don't all need to be the same sort of form, I guess. But like some of the, some of them might be a bit straightforward, like the seeing eye or something is like the divination master. Um, yeah, and there might just be one that is just like uh, transmutation professor or something. <laughs> no, or not professor, but you, you know what I mean. That kind of, I feel like we should have at least one of each of the schools, maybe apart from necromancy. Um, yeah, because that's the one that's a bit like, yeah, maybe don't give that guy the. Yeah, we don't let him on the council. That's just creepy Jeff in the cemetery. <laughs> um. So yeah, that leaves us. That gives us one, two, three, four, five, six, seven schools of magic. Mm-hmm. Plus, we've got the Chronomancer already. Although I, th- I don't know what that would fall under. Um, let me search. perhaps because it's so specific. That guy has kind of got his place in and of itself. Yeah, and that's even with the other school. Even if there is time magic that falls underneath one of the categories yeah i mean there's a ninth that level spell so... called time stop that is a transmutation spell um okay but yeah i feel like it, it yeah looking at it is like okay this is a very specialized thing he, we just let him deal with all the time stuff yeah <laughs> yeah maybe the other maybe the, the one who's sort of generally transmutation can also do some time magic but their understanding is not anywhere near as sort of um near the level yeah yeah um, can't modulate it quite the same way oh sorry if, if you're thinking about ones beyond the schools like because if that's seven schools and then we've got the eight. time guy on top yeah. then there's so four other eight. positions that's four positions so like i said i think we've got the the relic masters or the keepers of the relics that's a good one yeah and that's that's got to be factored in somewhere hmm 
there's got to be a certain amount of just pure logistics like the the most boring non-wizardy wizard <laughs> just does the kind of like yeah he makes sure the toilets are sorted or maybe the, make sure the kitchen's stocked and all that kind of stuff maybe that one is just like the headmaster of the uh, of the sort of ascension spires kind of thing maybe not headmaster is not the term but you know what i mean the sort yeah. of the head of learning or something, something like that I don't know. yeah um maybe there's one that one of the four is like the leader of that second kind of investigation and handling faction um we haven't got a name for them yet they're, um, they're something to do with history the the scribes um well, the scribes has more of a kind of feeling of learning to me like i'm I'm talking about the guys who were basically the agents of shield like okay <laughs> like the ones who were going out there being like oh there's been an incident we need to fucking rock up and i was i was thinking that was the relic keepers to some extent or well, maybe the, well, that yeah, works, if you're thinking, but I th- had to go like a sub another faction that the relic keepers are the guys that stay within the place and yeah. they know what all the things are down there and they, they make sure it doesn't get out. Whereas there's the other guys that go out and get the things to put down there. Yeah, because I feel like it, it's a big part of the organization that they are dealing with relics and dealing with stuff. So I feel like they would maybe have more than one representative on the council. So if it's sort of split between the like the archivist sort of like like you say the relic keepers is the ones who are in charge of the vaults and stuff and then there's the one who's in charge of like the field teams um so they're they're sort of both that's the two sides of that the coin of that other thing of like the the ones who are you know are you are you enough of a badass to go out and fight evil wizards? Sort of ones, and then there's the are you enough of a badass to sit here and keep an eye on this ledger? Sort of, uh, you know, <laughs> two sides of that perhaps, one. Perhaps it's not the right tone, but I'm thinking for like if you're going to go out and the this group of people, these this group of wizards that was established to go out and rein in other people and like bring power in check, that maybe you could call them the leash. Mm. or potentially that's a little bit, I don't know, it's got a bit of a harsh tone to it, and that could potentially be maybe within the council, like the leash are the ones that have to go out into the world, they're the hard-bitten ones that perhaps that's the nulled guy at the table that everybody else is a little bit scared of, potentially. That Something along those lines is what, what's going through my head. Yeah, um, that name might be a little bit harsher than I'm thinking, because I think the idea is that yeah. these guys are still kind of like, sort of... There is a bit of an investigation bit to it. They're not just like showing up and like guns are blazing, sort of like. Yeah, it's not an inquisition. No, where, no. That's where, yeah, I think it, um, something that's like a lesser, something along those lines, but lesser. Along the lines of like the Watchers, but like more proactive, mm. sort of. Um, yeah. Well, either way, though, this second faction is very much going to be like a minority in terms of those who've graduated. Um, like the majority of people who, who will run through the sort of Arcanians learning thing, they, you know, some of them might stay there as you know, continuing their studies in private. Some of them might start teaching. I would think a lot of them would just return to their various communities and be like, okay, now I'm, I'm all set. Now I'm a local wizard sort of thing. Mm. Um, but then there's going to be this sort of second sort of much smaller kind of group. Maybe they are kind of headhunted and sort of like specifically recruited as like, you know, because there's got to be a sort of certain amount of organization in this smaller faction to be like, okay, you're the people, you're the best of the best when it comes to handling this stuff. 
or you know or you've shown some aptitude in it so we yeah. want you for this group kind of thing not sort of militarized or whatever but you know what i mean they are kind of a bit more sort of okay we're we're the professionals sort of thing um, uh, how's this I think, I think i might have a name the eyes of the arcanium okay they're like they and then that gets colloquially shortened to the eyes sort of thing yeah and yeah. then it it would be the kind of thing where you would might receive a missive if you're potentially stepping out of line that says the eyes of the arcanium are watching or something like that and that's your kind of like hey fix yourself up before we have to come around and do it for you kind mm. of heads up and that way it maintains a sort of authority which is required but at the same time, it doesn't feel like it's necessarily quite as like, hey, we're going to turn up and wreck your day. It's more <laughs> like, look, we're watching. We're always watching. Yeah. I like that. I know you said it's not an Inquisition, but I can't help but think of the Inquisition symbol from Dragon Age Inquisition being a giant eye. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, no, I like well, that as a sort of... Symbolism. Um, it's hard not to go for an eye when you're going for like, these guys are the ones that are overwatching everything. They're keeping a look yeah. I mean, I mean, they are, aren't they? That's the thing, you know, they're sort of like I say, they're kind of on the watch, on the lookout for any sort of things that may require their attention. And also, I would think keeping an, a part of it would be keeping an eye on those ones who showed a certain amount of magical aptitude, but didn't want to come and join the Arcanium. You know, they're sort of not like actively watching them all the time, but maybe just like, okay, we'll just make a note in yeah, case this yeah. is a problem that may, you know, in case this is a future problem sort of thing that's it there would be a network perhaps that this would be like not most of the eyes are not within the actual grand arcanium at all like they're out there as agents as it were and that they would report back and yeah there's so sort of a bit of a network of informants but then there are also these the, the the ones who are sort of the main yeah they rely heavily on members of the public who have gained their trust sort of keeping an eye on stuff is that what you're thinking yeah as, as, along the side, alongside the idea where you'd already said that, like a lot of wizards will not stay at the Arcanium after their training; that they will go out into the world. That they might not necessarily be working for them all the time, but should they pick up pertinent information, they will effectively become an eye of the Arcanium at that moment. I follow. They might yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe it's sort of it's, it's once it's like they're just sort of that's part of the graduation thing of like okay yeah no go forth be back in your communities see anything weird let us know kind of thing yeah 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 no that makes more sense that rather than like i was sort of thinking it was straying a little bit too close to like you know quick inform on your friends and neighbors sort of thing no no but, i'm um, thinking that it's more like this is just an, a known thing of like wizards talk to each other yeah yeah okay yeah no and i prefer that i think <laughs> well of yeah. course Pass information back to the Arcanium. Yeah, and even if it's just like I heard a rumor of this, um, maybe you guys want to look into it or something. Yeah, if if you're into illicit work, then it's a kind of known thing of like, yeah, don't talk to wizards. Wizards talk to each other. Hmm. <laughs> that kind of thing. You never know what might be interesting to them, and that they might pass on, and it might mess up your plan. Yeah, yeah. We got a lot of eye imagery going on. Yes, yes. I was going to comment on that and say, like, perhaps this is the last eye that like, I'm certainly going <laughs> to mention. Because, yeah, between the magical objects and yes, yeah. this, it's. I feel like that, that's eye. more of a coincidence, really, though. Um... Plus, ultimately, it's it's the kind of thing where it is symbolic, and that 
it's it's history times after a fashion it's it's fake history times mm. but within that the frame of reference is kind of like body parts and <laughs> things that exist in nature and that kind of stuff well maybe we can come up with a synonym for like watchers instead of the eyes i, I like the eyes but just so the sentinels <laughs> yeah sentinels i mean it's got the same kind of thing yeah it's got like sentiment to it because they it's sort of like they they're guarding against the sort of they're guarding against the you know a magical thing going wrong and hurting a bunch of people. Um, yeah, and that plays into the whole like it's a good name for the the wizards that have gone out into the world that aren't necessarily working all the time for the Arcanium, but are affiliated. That they are forever. They are sentinels. They are always on the watch mm. because of their training. That's the nature of the, the deal. And yeah, yeah, I like it, and that works better. Than I mean, unless we have it so that the, the ones who are acting. Unless we have it so the ones who are actively like the ones going out and having to do like the containment stuff, they're the sentinels. And then everybody else is, they're just like, you know, they're just arcanists, they're all graduated members. And they let the sentinels know, sort of thing. Like the sentinel is like it, the sentinels are their own faction, I'm thinking. Okay. Thing. So then they, you know, when you join them, you get the title of like, oh, I'm sentinel, blah, 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 you know. Mm-hmm. That way, I guess one of the ones in the circle could be like, I keep using high, you know, high sentinels, such as such, or whatever. I don't know. Um, I kind of, like I say, I'm kind of in my head, I've got this sort of separation between most of the people who graduate and then the sentinels are like almost like a sub organization sort of thing. Yeah, no, it works. No, I, 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 I don't have much more to say other than that. I suppose. Right, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I might just spam for a second. It's like, yes, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, well, I think there's a lot of stuff here we can play with in terms of like, I've got a, I've got an expansion to the history bit I can write based on uh, how we started the discussion. Um, mm-hmm. we've got a character I can work up <laughs> as the current grandmaster and a bit more of a sort of look down into the sort of members of the high circle. And now see if we're, if we're, if we're going with sentinels, but, um, can always have a bit of a think about that. Um, is there anything else you think we should add to, on this today? Um, well, I feel like specific. unlike... Um, yeah. Um, I'm thinking, I'm trying to think. I mean, we could add, like, a a location or something that were part of the Grand Arcanium. I mean, I don't know if you had an idea of, like, something fun to finish up with just in terms of, like, let's, yeah, let's sure. let our minds up a little bit. Um, well, I've, got, I've kind of got an idea of their headquarters is in Valenay. It's the Ascension Spires. Mm-hmm. Um. I was, I'm sort of trying hard to not make it just like let's squash together unseen university and Hogwarts sort of. Yes, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm very aware of this, especially because I'm listening to a Discworld audio book <laughs> right now. So I'm very conscious yeah. of not leaning into that kind of stuff. Um, I, I was just thinking in terms of like, I mean, it, it's not necessarily even a silly idea, but I kind of like the idea of at least one place. And this might just be one place, literally, or maybe it would just be a standardized place within most of the uh, Arcanium like properties, as it were, where it's like a hall of silence, where mm. this is a place to study, this is a place to meditate, this is a place where there is a magical field that is suppressing sound, and that entering this place is a kind of, I don't know, an escape from the world, perhaps. Okay. And I just liked it as a concept of like, Wizards might potentially where where they're. I mean, is it fair to say that they have to like visualize, conceptualize, think about what they're doing 
to a great deal. And the high level magics require a great deal of that, that you have to have conceptualized a great deal. Um, not kind of yes. do it, at least in terms of like the lore of it. I mean, it's kind of written differently in a lot of different settings and things. Um, the general sort of thing, though, is that different types of magic users in D&D are just sort of different flavors, and they're all channeling stuff differently. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, you, you know, your wizards, like Prontz, are very much kind of... Um, they're, like, sort of nerds who have learned things by learning the theory behind it and everything, so they know exactly how they're channeling the powers and why it works logically if that makes sense mm-hmm. um, even if <laughs> Prontz is a little bit kind of <laughs> on the fringe of knowing why he's doing anything um, yeah he's got kind of I yeah. don't know, implicit to like his, his is like muscle memory where other people have it as conscious thought <laughs> yeah yeah uh, warlocks are like pulling the power from uh, a patron so I feel like there's not going to be any warlocks going to this going to the Arcanium really that's a different sort of flavor of that completely really i feel like that's more of an implicit like the patron granting them the power as they go sort of thing sorcerers um what is the difference more of a kind of um sort of raw unexplained powers kind of thing okay um so it's less kind of learned and more kind of implicit so i feel like all of them though kind of involve a little bit of kind of manipulation of energies sort of thing if that makes sense but it's just the level up where you know the different flavors are kind of like the different um i guess the different ways that they're approaching that act if that makes sense Mm -hmm. and i feel like the arcanium is going to be more focused i think on the wizard side of things that's not to say they're not going to get sorcerers coming there and like having to have like a different style of learning you know they're Mm -hmm. still going to be sort of there's still going to be a bit of sort of teaching them to sort of harness that power. So maybe the sorcerer kind of archetype, shall we say, I mean, you know, um, is more of a kind of, these are the naturally gifted and naturally seem to be doing stuff already without the lessons, if that makes sense. So they're yeah, more kind of yeah. being taught to harness what they're already doing. Um, Potentially a bit more unpredictable, a bit more wild. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, like, uh, wild magic sorcerer is a type of sorcerer you can make. You know, well, there you go then. <laughs> <laughs> you have an I have an unpredictable effects table to roll on with wild magic sorcerers. You know, so <laughs> yeah, I forgot how we got onto that. Um, my my idea was the quiet room, basically. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I like that idea. Is I'm just the, the the only kind of I suppose step beyond like the concept is that in terms of D&D, I think it would just be an interesting space for a group of characters to just wander into and be like, try to talk to each other, and then the game master can turn around and be like, you can't hear each other. Like, <laughs> oh, no. You, you, I, you they just cannot hear each other. Don't try talking right now because you can't <laughs> hear each other. No, I'm totally on board with that, and I feel like that that's an interesting addition to this, like, to the property that, like, maybe the, the Ascension Spires has got a lot of weird places in it. Hmm. So, like... Like if you need me, I will be in the contemplation chamber, and it's just like you step into it, and it's just like you can't see anything, and you can't yeah. hear anything, and you can't senses. make any sound. Yeah, but it's almost just like a room. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's not even like this is a, it's not hidden away. It's a place that serves a purpose, as yeah. far as the wizard, and and that anybody walking into it that isn't a wizard or isn't ingratiated into the ways of this group of wizards 
would just be like, what the hell? My eyes have switched off. The mm. how, how is this happening? Whereas, yeah, and then it's sort of, we don't even really need to explain how the wizards know how to get out kind yeah. of thing. It's just one of those things that's like, like you see Doctor Strange just doing stuff and you're like, how would he know what to do? You, you know what I'm talking about, like a sort of thing. It's just like, well, oh, that, that, we don't yeah, need to explain I, that. You know, this is just... There's got to be like um, a few spells to do with sensing spaces and locations and stuff. And then within that, there's it's a training chamber as well as anything else, if that's yeah, the yeah. case. It's not like a danger room. It's more of a, yeah, quiet yeah, I mean, place of contemplation. What happens, you get lost in there. Maybe on the outside of the room, there's like a big long hook, like... like <laughs> a, 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 Crook, and occasionally a wizard will get stuck in there and somebody has to come to the door and be like, oh, bloody hell, another one, and grab the crook and pull them towards the door. Like maybe it's not a very big room, it just seems very big. Yeah. It's quite easy to just turn around in a circle over and over again and not yeah. quite realise you're doing it. Maybe it is that there's like a sign on it saying for no first-year novices or something like that, because it's sort of... <laughs> you do not enter unless you can do these things, and there's a list of stuff yeah and a yeah. little sign off sheet on the side of it saying like, you've had your yeah. permission slip <laughs> i like this because it's not it's not implicitly humorous but there's definitely angles for both danger and humor to occur in this place oh yeah if it was in a movie it could very much be played for laughs it's like oh my god this is a weird chamber and like it's the quiet room but then you could you give it to the a different director and it's just like this kind of epic unknowable void that they're sat in with like the camera zooms in on a dutch angle and everything is this powerful wizard is just alone with their thoughts then you give it to another direction it's just like i can't i can't see where what is happening what where am i what's <laughs> yeah no i like it as a concept that's good i will i will con i will put that into my ascension spires article i think it's like because there's got to be a i feel like we should have a section of like hey here's some weird stuff that's here you know yeah here's the here's all the the unusual like very specific things that are in these places mm, for sure yeah i like it um but uh yeah no i'm i'm pretty happy with that um likewise yeah if you cool. didn't have anything else to add i think we should we could probably call that to a close there then for today yeah, i always no, forget I, how I, we I, how we end these episodes but <laughs> i i think we've we've come up with some decent stuff and it was nice to get to add like i don't i think you've done it on each one of these previously like somebody gets to add something at the end like there's my mm. My next edition is the quiet room. <laughs> yeah. No, I like it, and it, it tied in um, tied in neatly with what we were already talking about, which they don't always. <laughs> Indeed, yeah, yeah. thinking a bit more in line this time, and and smaller scales. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I think we will call that a day then. There. Um, have you got anything you want to plug? Any anything like that before we before we yeah. end? This? You can follow me on Twitter and a variety of places uh, at Monkey Magic Eden. Um, find me on Twitch and Steam and all kinds of places with that username. Um, and on Saturdays, you can join us, uh, usually AJ's part of the mix, as well mm. as a bunch of other people from um, Penance RPG and a variety of other places. Anyone's welcome. We play uh, Jackbox games over on Twitch. I host the games. You join the chat over on the uh, Pretending with Dice Discord. And yeah. We've had a pretty good streak of weeks where we've had nice full sessions, audience members, lots of laughs. Mm. Um, fair warning, this podcast in general is not the sweariest or the dirtiest. <laughs> well, this but, one hasn't been, but some of them yeah. do get a bit like it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, sometimes, sometimes. But the Jackbox ones are 100% sweary dirty, oh, so God. brace your mind yeah. if you're going to join us for that. Yeah. Um yeah, uh, I will. I will concur. Yeah, come and join us on our Discord server and come and play uh, Jackbox on Saturdays. It's been a lot of fun. 
Um, links to our Discord are on the, I think it's on the contact page of our Podbean site. Um, they're definitely on our Twitter bio. I'm just making this all 100% unprofessional by clicking through our website to try and find where I put that. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, there's a link to our Discord on the contact page of our Podbean site and also our Twitter bio um so yeah come join us on there hang out um as we said saturday nights is game night and uh, yeah there's a lot of podcast central discussion on there about our different story arcs and things as well as place to post your own links post some memes just hang out and have a fun chat um so yeah come come and hang out um i don't know when we'll be back with the next bit of our uh D story because we're currently waiting to see how long our area is in uh, tier two of uh, <laughs> of COVID lockdown. Um, mm-hmm. We can't record again with our group until that is over. So yeah, watch this space, really. I'm, I'm hoping we're going to be able to get at least another um, world-building episode out for you, though, before the end of the year. Um, actually, that's calendar-dependent, isn't it? <laughs> the next one would be on Christmas Eve if it does go out. So maybe <laughs> that, that might be. I, don't, a... I think you can buy yourself a week off. Yeah. <laughs> in fairness, in that case. Well, no, because otherwise this will be the only one that goes out this month, and I, I would like to put out two. Um, keep keep to our schedule. We'll see how we go. Either way, keep an eye on your feeds and stuff. We might be back in two weeks with another world burning one. Um, but yeah, who knows? Because um, I don't. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, as always, though, in the meantime, you can get us on all of the uh, social medias at Pretend With Dice. Um, email us at pretendingwithdice at outlook.com. You could still be the first three and a half years in. Um, that title is still up for grabs. <laughs> um, even if it's just to send me a, hey, AJ, here's an email um, kind of thing. And all the races on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who will be the first? <laughs> Who is even still listening to the end of this episode? <laughs> Um, we also have a uh, Ko-Fi page if the uh, the spirit grabs you to uh, chuck us some of your hard-earned uh, pennies. Um, we are at co-fi.com slash pretending with dice. Uh, don't feel like it's an obligation at all or anything. Um, it's all just appreciated. That's the thing. Uh, it all goes towards helping our hosting costs and, and whatnot. So, um, yeah, I think I've pretty much covered everything considering I haven't Indeed. got a... I haven't got my usual script in front of me for the end of episodes. Um, I'm struggling to think of anything promotion-wise that's necessary. Yeah. I think you've covered the base. I don't think I've missed anything. Um, So, yeah, um, maybe see you in two weeks. If not, uh, we'll see you in 2021. Um, No matter what, though, we will always be hanging out on Discord and stuff and Twitter and so forth. So, yeah, come and and chat with us. Um, We'll call it a day there, then, I think. Have a good one, everybody. Bye-bye.